know-it-alls, remember my riddle from last episode? What is somewhere we've already been and is not here? Shout it out on the count of three. One, two, three. Space. Yes, you got it. We're going back to space. We've already been to the moon, and this time we're going all the way to Mars. Bruno Mars? No, Bruno Mars is a singer. Veronica Mars. Uh, great show, but no. Miss Mars! Ah, what is happening? We're going to Mars. Just regular Mars. So put on your spacesuit and get ready for liftoff, know-it-alls. We're heading to the final frontier. And liftoff. As the countdown to Mars continues, the perseverance of humanity launching the next generation of robotic explorers to the Red Planet. Hi, my name is Bella, and you might know me as Jay is from TikTok or YouTube. But you're about to know me from this podcast, Know It All. And each episode, I'm going to help you become a know-it-all about something new. Here we go. If you've been following me a while, you already know that I'm a proud space nerd. But ever since I watched the Netflix series Away, I've been super obsessed with the Red Planet in particular. This show is fantastic. You really need to see it for yourself. Not only is the acting amazing, but the cinematography and the CGI are incredible. I felt like I was a stowaway on the Artemis mission to Mars. I found a stowaway in your suitcase. Not to mention the heart-wrenching storyline. J.S. isn't known for being a crybaby, but seriously, I cried like 10 times. So consider yourself warned. You're going to need a box of tissues for this sci-fi tearjerker. Here's the basic premise. Hilary Swank plays an astronaut who is the commander of an international crew on a treacherous mission to Mars. And even though it's an incredible opportunity, it's not without sacrifices because being at the top of her space game means leaving behind her husband and teenage daughter. That's the Earth, the Moon, Mars. And the string is me making my way back to you. So just remember, the further away I get, I'm actually getting closer to being back to you. Okay, before I start crying again, let's get this mission underway. We come in peace. We come in peace. We come in peace. That's a soundbite from Mars Attacks. Isn't it weird to think about how if the roles were reversed and humans were invading another planet, we would be the aliens? How's life on the red planet? <laughs> Luckily, as far as scientists know, there isn't currently life on Mars. At least not anything large enough to be a threat roaming around on the surface. So there's no risk of rubbing the locals wrong during our space exploration. But there probably was life on Mars billions of years ago when the planet was more habitable. Well, I can't live there anymore. Last year, researchers from Purdue University analyzed data from NASA and the Curiosity rover to determine that about three to four billion years ago, the climate on Mars was warm enough to have pouring rainstorms and flowing water, which would have created an environment that could support simple life, according to First Post. Fast forward a few billion years, and the red planet of today is cold, dry, and dusty. In the early days of the solar system, both Mars and the Earth had temperature climates and liquid water covering large swaths of their surfaces. So how come present-day Mars is red and dead while Earth is blue and alive? Answering that important question was the mission of NASA's MAVEN orbiter when it launched in 2013. And as Forbes reported, it has since discovered that approximately 4 billion years ago, the core of Mars became inactive. Thus, its magnetic field disappeared and the solar wind stripped the atmosphere away. 
So you must be wondering, why on earth are we trying to revive this barren wasteland if it didn't work out the first time? Why are we doing this? Well, it turns out, even though Earth and Mars don't look alike on the surface, they actually have quite a bit in common. So much so that NASA has a webpage dedicated to their similarities, hilariously entitled Sibling Rivalry. Side note, I just want to state for the record how much I enjoy NASA trying to stoke the interplanetary drama. So let's break down the comparison. First of all, Earth is the third rock from the sun, and Mars is the fourth. Both planets have roughly the same surface area. The atmosphere on Mars is much thinner than Earth's, and the two atmospheric chemistries are very different in terms of being able to support natural life. But they're more alike than different relative to other planets in the solar system. The fraternal twin planets also share a tilt in the rotational axis that results in seasonal weather changes. Stop copying me! When it comes to human colonization of a space frontier, water is key. And Mars has some exciting things going on in the water department. Much like Earth, Mars has two permanent polar ice caps that primarily consist of water ice with a dry ice cover that varies by season. In 2013, the Curiosity rover determined that Martian water exists in icy dirt, thin clouds, and underground lakes. On some Martian hillsides, there's evidence of liquid salty water in the ground. The only problem is liquid water doesn't exist on the surface. According to Space.com, the extremely low atmospheric pressure on Mars which is less than one hundredth of Earth's atmospheric pressure, and the low temperatures cause pure water to evaporate from ice to gas so quickly that it skips the liquid phase. That's weird. But the discovery of water on Mars is great news regardless of its form or location. So can we just live here forever? Not so fast. No need to pack up your space suitcase yet. There are still some serious challenges to terraforming our planetary neighbor. Word alert! All right, know-it-alls, you know what that means? I just got a word alert. Terraforming means transforming a planet from a hostile environment to one where humans and other life forms can survive free of protection or mediation. Right now, this is a hypothetical process that would consist of engineering projects to rehabilitate the planet's climate, atmosphere, surface, and install necessary ecosystems. Sounds cool, right? Except it's not an easy process. As I was saying, there's some significant obstacles to creating a human-friendly Mars. We got problems, man. For starters, gravity on Mars is only 38% that of Earth's. The lower gravity would have huge implications for astronaut bone health. Bones in space atrophy at a rate about 1% a month, with a total loss reaching between 40 and 60%. Thus, space-induced osteoporosis would be more devastating than its earthly equivalent. As Wired notes, 99% of our body's calcium is stored in the skeleton, and as it wastes away, that calcium finds its way into the bloodstream, causing yet more problems from constipation to renal stones to psychotic depression. Well, that's depressing. Plus, Mars no longer has a magnetic field like Earth does. That, combined with its thin atmosphere, means dangerously high levels of radiation make it to the surface, which would pose additional health risks to human colonists. The DNA damage from solar radiation leads to a much greater likelihood of developing cancer and other diseases. According to a NASA report on radiation protection, without a heavy shielding of about 15 centimeters of steel, one meter of rock, or three meters of water, humans on Mars would have to live underground pretty much all the time to stay healthy. (laughs) That's not quite what I had in mind. Seriously, who would want to take a super lonely nine-month trip to Mars and then have to live underground for basically three months straight before you can turn around and do the nine-month trek all over again? 
I think space travel is one of the coolest things in the whole universe. But after living through a shelter-in-place order during the pandemic, the prospect of 21 months of near-constant lockdown really takes some of the thrill out of the Mars space odyssey. And I'm not the only one who thinks so. The American Psychological Association reports that lengthy confinements, closed quarters, social isolation, minimal ability to rescue colleagues, the monotony of repetitive tasks, and people being away for almost two years or more are all psychological stressors that would be amplified on a mission of this magnitude. I think I'm going crazy. Uh, fair enough. That's kind of a lot to deal with, and we haven't even gotten to the laundry list of other hurdles to Mars colonization. For instance... There's barely any air on Mars, so in addition to shielding humans from radiation, habitats would have to be pressurized with oxygen. According to Slate, the longest an astronaut could survive outside such habitat without a pressurized, oxygenated spacesuit is a mere 15 seconds before losing consciousness. To stay for long periods of time, food would need to be grown on Mars, which is difficult without naturally occurring oxygen in the atmosphere. Martian tourists would need a way to purify water for drinking. At the varying distances between these two planets, communication transmissions could have a delay of 3 to 20 minutes, a painfully long time in the event of an emergency. Mars is home to the largest dust storms in the solar system, reaching speeds of over 100 miles per hour. They can last for months and cover the planet in a red dust cloud. Since Mars is located closer to the asteroid belt, it has a greater chance of being pelted with space rocks. Wait, there's more. Don't let its red color fool you. Mars may look like a hot desertscape, but it's actually colder than we're used to. According to Space.com, the average temperature on Mars is negative 80 degrees Fahrenheit. During winter, near the North and South Poles, temperatures can get down to minus 190 degrees. Sure, a summer day on Mars might get up to 70 degrees near the equator, but at night, the temperature can plummet to negative 100 degrees. So don't forget to pack a warm coat and long johns in your space suitcase. That's a hot tip for all you soon-to-be Martian tourists, because despite the struggle of traveling to and attempting to terraform the next furthest planet from the sun, there are astronauts and civilians eager to get there as soon as possible. Right now, NASA is slated to send the first woman and next man to the moon by 2024 as part of the Artemis program, with the goal of addressing the challenges of living in space and eventually putting humans on Mars. This is the opportunity to troubleshoot and perfect new tools, technologies, and practices closer to home before committing to the years-long journey to Mars. And that's it for today's episode. I used to have big dreams of gazing at Earth from 34 million miles away, but after learning about all these things that could go wrong, I think I'm going to stay at home while they work out the kinks and stick to making content about space instead of going there myself. Hit me up on TikTok and Instagram at OnlyJS or Twitter at NotJS. And let me know if you'd sneak onto a spaceship to Mars in spite of all the risks or if you'd rather let the pros work out the kinks first. Don't forget to smash those five stars and leave a nice review. It's super easy. And when you rate and review the podcast, it helps other listeners find me. Curious what the next episode of Know It All will be about? I'll give you a hint. What stops aging but continues to exist? Join me again in two weeks for another episode of Know It All.